right, if you want to make your way back to your seats, as you make your way back to your seats, just say, go Cougs. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm making enemies left and right. Uh, hey, I'm so glad you're all here. I haven't met. I'm meeting and starting to learn a lot of names. Um, I'm excited about this journey. If I haven't met you yet, I'm, I'm the pastor here at Ferndale CTK. Uh, it, is, uh, it is exciting. It is our privilege um, to know a little bit about me. A, a wise man once said about me that I'm, I'm kind of like a mushroom, kind of a fun guy. Uh, sorry, inside joke. Um, hey, we honestly, we're excited to be here. Um, we, uh, we believe that God has orchestrated every step of this uh, all summer long. Well, God knew this was all happening forever ago, right? God knows. And that, that's why when I, when I look at what God's doing in, in my life and in my family life and selling a house and moving and buying a house, there's a lot of reasons to be stressed, isn't there, in life? You don't have to worry about that. Our building being sold, like, what are we going to do? We could stress. But what good's it going to do, right? I have learned, God, you have this. And I just rest in you. And that's how I feel about God putting us in this position to, to, to shepherd, to lead, and to walk alongside you all as we follow Jesus. And that's really my heart. And, and today, as I kind of unpack some of what God has uh, shared with me, First and foremost, and what we sang, Jesus be the center. And, and if, you, if you get nothing else from me and everything that I say from this point forward, I love Jesus more. He's got to be center of everything. We, and I'm going to talk about this, we get distracted by so many different things. It's all about Him. And we need not worry. I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know what weights and cares and stresses you have. Just look up. He's got this. And there's no better person to have this than him. Amen? I'm excited to be here. It's our privilege. This, if you didn't know and you're kind of new with us, this is my first Sunday as pastor, so uh, uh, we're excited. Um, I, just, I just know God has his hand. My, my wife, Erica, um, she can stand. I won't make everybody else stand, but she's really what makes good. She's like the, uh, the good half of this relationship. Um, I say, dear, what do I do here? And she uh, here's what you do. Uh, um, so uh, I love you. Uh, thank you for going on this journey with, with me, uh, with us. Um, my son and daughter, somewhere, right here, my t son Tyler and my daughter Ellie, my oldest is in college. I told you that. And I, I won't go through all this because we do it all the time. I uh, introduce real quick. My, my dad is here visiting. So hey, dad. He's, um, and, and my favorite in-laws are here. Uh, Arnie and Diane are here visiting. So. I just want to say thank you to all of you who all summer long have stepped up and said, let's go. And because when, when there is transition, it's difficult. Um, and and, and there, there's ending well, and, and Rich was an amazing guy. But there's transition stuff. We all know. I just want to say from where I sit and what I see, thank you to those leaders who stepped up. Um, thank you for uh, holding things together. Thank you for doing all those extra meetings and prayer meetings and, 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 and meeting with, uh, with candidates. And, and, and I won't name you all by name right now, but I will in the future. So just look out. It's giving you heads up right now. Um, I just want to say thank you from where I stand and coming in here. Uh, worrying about picking up pieces that fell has not even been something I even thought about so far. I've watched this church step up and love each other step up and serve. I'm talking to different serving elements, and, and, and they're telling me how many kids serving and how many greeters, and I'm like, 
I came from a large church and we didn't have that many. So I want to thank you guys for stepping up. Um, it's, it's huge. It, it tells me that this is family. We're in. Let's go. And we're not going to let little things shake us. Uh, so I want to thank you all for that. Thank you to, uh, to everybody who's prayed, who's loved, who's called us, who's hugged us, who's made us feel welcome. Um, I, I kind of feel I'm back home. Let's go Ferndale. Um, the, the football game wasn't awesome, but uh, uh, we're going to get there. Um, uh, so lo- love you. And really, as I start my messages going forward, um, I, I really, the first few messages, I want to share with you what I believe God has called me here to do. I want to set the parameters, set the stage. As I prayed all summer long, and, 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 and every, every, all summer long, I didn't know where I was going to end up. God, I don't know what church you're going to But he laid on my heart something very clear. I shared, with it, uh, shared a, a piece of this with you two weeks ago. But I want to dig into what each of those elements are and tell you, here is going to be our narrow focus of where we're going to go. If we get nothing else right, we got to live right here. This is who we are. It's kind of like um, uh, looking where you want to go. How many of you are, uh, are motorcycle riders? And, and I'm not, but I, uh, uh, I wish I was. Um, I ride bikes, though. I've ridden a bike, so I know. There's this thing when you're riding a motorcycle or a bike, it's really important. And it's this, where you look is where you go, Right? If I'm riding my bike or on a motorcycle and I'm watching something over to my right, where's my bike going to go? To the right. It's called target fixation. Where we're focused is where we'll end up. And, and when you're ride, riding your motorcycle, when you're on your bike, you every once in a while got to check yourself. Nope, this is going. I'm going over there. Got to ignore what's over here. That keeps you on the path. And I really feel in my first uh, four or five messages to you, I want to set the stage of here's where we're going. Here's the good news. I think you're already heading that way. So I'm just jumping on the bus. But I want to reiterate what God has really downloaded in my life. This is where, Adam, this is where I want you to pastor. This is where I want you to lead. This is where I want you to focus. And really, I kind of want to break it down. And, and as I, I studied and, and talked to Jesus, this is what he told me. Here's going to be our focus. So we're going to put it up there. Um, our focus is, is first and foremost our vision. I don't know if somebody's back there to change that. Um, but uh, our, our focus and our vision is this. We are here to love God and love people. That's where it's at. We can get distracted by a lot of different things. Hey, you're in a church and we got love God, love people, but what about all this stuff over here? This is pretty fancy and shiny. Let's go over here. Listen, we need to go back to that. We just, we're here to love Jesus, all, all we are, and we're to love people. And, and, and as I said, God, how, how do we do this as, as a campus of, of a great movement called uh, Christ the King in a great county in a great and amazing city? How do we do this? I shared this with you two weeks ago. You're going to love God this way through the way we worship and our devotion. To how we worship Jesus. And it's more than just singing, though that's part of it. Uh, and my mics keep going in and out. So we're going to change mics real quick. Um, we're going to worship Jesus. That's loud. Um, through the way we worship and our devotion to him, how we dig into the word, how we, how we sing praises, how every day we stand in awe of who he is. We're going to love God through the way we worship and through, uh, through our devotion to him, digging into his word. How are we going to love people? We're going to love people through the way we do community. We're going to do community groups. We're going to show people we love each other, and we're going to show our community we love them. We're going to love people that way. And through our generosity, we're going to give our time, talent, treasure of what we are. I want, I want people to look at our church and say, and that church just serves. They know how to serve. 
as I prayed and sought God, I believe this is what he downloaded in my heart. Adam, I just want you to be a pastor who loves God, loves people. Worship, devotion, community, generosity. Can, can you just major in these things? It's nothing uh, mind-blowing or they're going to write new books about it. This is a simple I'm going to talk really loud then. Who needs a mic? Uh, this is where we are. So in my first few messages, I really want to dig into to where this comes from in Scripture. This isn't something I'm making up. This isn't something like, here's a great idea. This is all found in our Bible. I love God, love people. Here's where it is. This is a section of the Bible we call the, the, the greatest commandment. Uh, when, when Jesus says it. And if you have your Bible, open up to, to Mark chapter 12. I'm going to read 28 through a 35, 34. And, and, and this is really where it's at. Let me read it to you. I have my Bible here. It's also going to be on the screen. If you have it on your phone or you brought your Bible, I'll read along. I'm reading the New Living. Um, so just follow along with me. It says this. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, Jesus, of all the commandments, which one's most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law looked at Jesus and said, Well, teacher, you've spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it's important to love him with all my heart, all my understanding, all my strength, and, my, and, love my, and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required by the law. Realizing how much the man had understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Here's what's happening in, in, the, in this portion of Scripture. This teacher of religious law, he's one of these leaders who spent his life studying the commands, spent his life studying the Torah, and, 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 and basically what we call the Old Testament, studying it, memorizing it. He, he's in this setting, and he asks Jesus this question. But here's the setting, because remember what I said uh, a couple weeks ago, and I'll say this all the time. Context is everything. Always look at what comes before and what comes after. If we're going to understand what is said in that moment. In this portion, Jesus is kind of on trial of sorts. These leaders are trying to trap Jesus in what he says in order to kill him. They hated him. They wanted him dead. So they would, like, gang up and come up with these plans, like, here's how we're going to get him. We're going to ask him this question. He's going to say wrong, and boom, we got him. And, and what happens is if, if you flip back to a, a verse a 13, um, these, uh, these Pharisees, uh, again, teachers of religious law, and, and what's called Herodians, these people who, who uh, followed Herod and, and kind of worshipped Herod almost, they came and said, we got an idea. Let's trap Jesus by talking about taxes. How many of you like talking about taxes? Woo! They said, we, we got him. Because he, he, he's, he's not going to like this. And, and he's going to say, don't give to Herod. And, and we, got, we got him, and Herod will kill him. And Jesus, as only Jesus can, they ask him this question. And you ever have one of those moments where it's like a mic drop moment? You say something, you're like, boom, gotcha. Jesus, he just, he, he nailed it. He said to them, after they asked this question, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give to God what belongs to God. Silence. Like, oh, man, he had the best answer ever. Yeah, because he's Jesus. 
So they're trying to trap him, and, and, and the Pharisees and the, the Herodians said, ah, man, right, we don't have anything. And the Sadducees came together. Again, teachers of the law, a little different than the Pharisees, don't have time to get into all that. But they said, we got an idea. Let's talk to him about the resurrection. Let's trap him on this theology. Let's get him. So they come to him and ask this really weird question, saying, Jesus, let's suppose a man gets married, and he dies and has no kids, and then his brother marries that girl and his other brother. And we look at that and go, that is just weird. Why would we do that? In that culture, that was somewhat normal. But, but they said, I, I don't know how many brothers, like four or five brothers, and, and they said, all these brothers married or didn't have kids, so who's really married to her? And, and in heaven, how does this all end? And, and, and they're trying to trap him in this, and Jesus says these words, and I love it, which I don't know that I could ever say to somebody. He says, your mistake is that you don't know scriptures, the teachers of the law. He said, you don't know scriptures, and here's the big one, and you don't know the power of God. <laughs> Mic drop. Like, he got us. They don't, he said, you don't understand. Now, these, these guys are trying to trap Jesus. They're trying to get him and saying something wrong. And then, notice, it is one single teacher of religious law who has been kind of standing back watching all this happen. He steps up. Many, um, by those who study the Bible and theologians of our time believe that his question wasn't out of entrapment, but more just a curiosity. Going, Jesus, you answered all that so well. See, we, we know in studying the Old Testament that there's, there's 600 plus laws these guys had to memorize. This guy probably was struggling like, how do we, how do we teach people? What do we do with this? And he asked Jesus what, what we believe, what we don't know for sure, but what may just be out of sincerity like, Jesus, what's the most important out of all 600 plus? Where does it all, what's it all about? And this is where Jesus answers. He doesn't give uh, this teacher a, a mic drop in your face. You don't know the power of God. He says, let me tell you. He answers him. That's kind of how we know there was maybe a different heart behind this teacher. Jesus says what? Love God. Love people. Everything could be summed up in that. And, and I just want to briefly in our time look at this. Love God. What is Jesus saying? What does it mean to love God? When Jesus says this, he's actually quoting from Deuteronomy 6. Uh, it's called the Shema. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard. Basically, that Hebrew word Shema means, listen, pay attention. He quotes a scripture in Deuteronomy 6. Let me read it to you. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says this, listen, O Israel, Shema, listen up. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. He says, I want you to love, this is what they memorized, the Shema. Listen, Israel, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Now, Jesus said heart, mind, soul, strength. And here it says heart, soul, and strength. But a lot of times the, uh, the mind and the, uh, the soul were kind of connected as one. So that, that's, that, that's um, a sidelight we can talk about another time. Really what it's saying is love Jesus, love God with everything you have. Love him with all. And they said, we want you to, to remember this, the Shema. Uh, um, young Jewish kids would memorize this. One of the first things they'd memorize. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love him with all that you have. Love God. This is what they knew. And this encompasses everything that we are. If we could just keep that as our focus, amen? But I'm going to be honest with you. I have a hard time sometimes. Sometimes I think we have spiritual ADD. We say, I love you, Jesus. Oh, look, a squirrel. Right? Like, Jesus, I want to give you my all, but, oh, wow, look at that over there. Like, if we're honest, have we ever kept that for five minutes of our life? I want to. Jesus, I want to know you more. 
How do we do that in a world full of distractions, in a world full of so many things we can put our heart in? My, my football team, the Cougs won, yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah, that you're good, thank you. We do stuff, don't we? I know I'm not the only one. This is the reminder. Jesus says, go back to this. But in, in Deuteronomy, in the Shema, it doesn't just say do this. Here, it, listen to the rest of it. It says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. L look, look at all these. Repeat them. Talk about them over and over and over. I don't know if you ever try to do like family devotion times, and sometimes it's, it's hard to make those happen. I, I know, and you, you see your kids down and says, what do you think Jesus is saying? And they say, Jesus? Yeah, I know, right? It, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. But I found sometimes the best conversations I have with my kids and family and others is like when I'm just driving down the road and I, I, up it comes. And I'm faithful to steward those moments. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Word of God. Let's talk about Jesus. It, it says, repeat them. Talk about them when you're on the road. It says, tie them to your, your hands and wear them on your forehead. The, the Pharisees and Sadducees would literally do this. They'd get these little boxes and strap them to their heads. They're like, look, I'm so holy. I got the scriptures right here. Now, I don't read them, but they're right here. It's, it's, it's crazy. We, we, listen, this is more than just tattoo scriptures on, on your body and wear Jesus t-shirts. I'm not saying those things are wrong. If you want to uh, debate tattoos, we'll do that later. Um, but what it's saying is, in my heart, I, I take them with me wherever I go. I repeat them, tie them, uh, and, and write them on your doorposts. Write them, write them in your house. Do you have scriptures hanging up in your house? If you don't, go home and write on a piece of paper and magnet to the fridge. Something. Get scripture out there. Why? Because all of these things help us to remember. Oh, yeah. Back on track, Adam. Back on track. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So, yep. Here we go. This is what it looks like to love God with everything you have. I want our church to be a church who worships Jesus uh, uh, with abandon. Jesus, I love you. And who digs into this thing more than we ever have. We got to be a church who knows this. Because it, what it's doing is driving us to love Jesus more. This has to be our focus. Church, I unashamedly will challenge you to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I pray that you remind me we need each other. Here we go. We're going to love Jesus. To come expecting Jesus to move. To go home expecting conversations to come up. To, to go into the store and say, I'm bringing Jesus with me because he's my focus. He's all that we are. Our mission is to love God. And then Jesus says the second one, love your neighbor as yourself. And I look at that and go, Jesus, I have a hard enough time with the first one. When I got to love people sometimes I don't even like? Are you kidding me? <laughs> people are hard to love. I don't know if you've ever had an enemy. I don't know if you've ever had a neighbor. <laughs> sometimes it's hard to love others around us. Jesus is saying, this is my challenge. This sums up all the scriptures. Everything, all of the Old Testament 600 plus laws. Look at the Ten Commandments. The first four have to do with what? Love God. Six through ten, or five through ten uh, have, have all things to do with love others, how we treat others, how we serve others. Jesus is summing it all up. And he says to you, love God, love people. That is a challenge sometimes. 
to love people because they're hard to love. It's hard to love 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 my, my neighbor. My, my, we had former neighbors who I, I promise you, and I, I think this is what it is, but they had like skill saw parties at 3 a.m. or something. I don't know what they did. They have parties, and it just, I'm like, what are you guys doing over there? Like, I don't love you right now. I'm trying to sleep. I got to love my neighbor. When somebody cuts you off when you're driving, <laughs> oh, I got to love my neighbor. I got to love my neighbor. It, 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 loving Sometimes the hardest people to love are the ones sitting next to you right now. Sometimes the hardest people to love are the ones sitting in this room. Sometimes it's the people who are supposed to love you who hurt you, right? Church has been the greatest source of blessing in my life, but sometimes it's been the greatest source of pain as well. We're supposed to know better than this. But I can't get angry because I've been guilty. Jesus, I need to remember to love my neighbor. Our culture is so good at canceling people, but terrible at forgiving. The gospel is about reconciliation. The gospel is about forgiveness. And I know some people, you'll come to me and say, but you don't know what they did. And and you're right. I'm not telling you to stay in an abusive relationship. I'm not telling you, but I am telling you we need to forgive. But Adam, you don't know what they did. I, I can't forgive. Listen, when we start saying things like they don't deserve forgiveness, I love you. Look at me. I love you. I'm going to say this. You don't either. We didn't deserve what Jesus did on the cross. The Bible tells us in Romans that what, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still, what did he do? He died for us. If Jesus can love us that way and we're to be like him, I got to learn to forgive some people. I got to learn to love those people having skill saw parties next door. (laughs) I got to learn to forgive. I got to learn to love people. Colossians. If you have your Bible, flip over there because I I love love this scripture and, and how it says, how Paul writes this. He says, Um, Colossians 3, verse 12. It says, Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And get this. Here's the the kicker. If you're going to like this one, it says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now we look at this command, uh, love God and love people. And, and on the surface we go, yeah, that's what the church is about. But when you dig in, you go, that's easier said than done, isn't it? Love God and love people. As we set this as a goal, I want our church to be known as a church of reconciliation. I want our church to be a place where families are reconciled. I want our church to be a place where enemies come together and can worship beside each other and put their differences beside them. I want, I want our, our church here in Ferndale to be a place where, where cultures are reconciled, where races are reconciled, where together we say, we're not perfect. But here we go. Look at me. If you came today and you're not perfect, you're in the right place. Join the club. I want our church to be a place of imperfect people. We don't preach for perfection we just preach for progress. Let's take a step today. 
Every day we're a little closer to Jesus. I love him a little more. I, I can do four minutes of loving Jesus today. It, it, our focus needs to be that. And I believe with the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the direction I want us to go as a church. And if we do, we're not only filling the greatest commandment, we're fulfilling the great uh, uh, commission. Go into all the world and make disciples. Go into the world. That's where it's at. That's the core of everything that we are. So simple, yet so difficult. I want to challenge you. And I want you to challenge me as we study Scripture. Let's be a church who loves God and loves people. We're going to unpack what that worship and devotion and generosity, our community and generosity really are. We're going to dig into that. And we're going to find that it's easy to say, hard to do. But we're going to follow Jesus and believe he gives us the strength to do it. I know God has called you to a great purpose. He knows you and he loves you. My Bible says so. And I'm excited to go on this journey. As I, as I close, I, I want to I kind of bring you back to the why. Why? Remember, this teacher of the law was talking to Jesus, and, and the teacher said, yeah, Jesus, you're right. Love God. That's really where it's at. It's better than all the sacrifices, all these other things we're supposed to do. Love God and love people. And Jesus says these words to this teacher of the law. Verse 34, realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. You know what gets me when I re read that? These words are not far. That literally means to remain at a distance. This guy saw the truth and like, yeah, that's where it's at. But he chose for some reason to say, yeah, but I'm not crossing that line yet. Maybe it was because all the other Pharisees and teachers would, would ridicule him. He's like, I got to stay at a distance for, to, to keep my reputation I don't know. I, I'm kind of reading into this. What we know is it says, you're, Jesus says, you're not far. What Jesus doesn't say is, you're not in. He doesn't say, you're in. You made it. Congratulations. He says, you're so close. And I read that. And, and those words, I read this several times this week. You're not far. You're not. And that's just breaking my heart. How many of us sometimes just remain at a distance because we're like, I don't know that I have what it takes. I got a reputation. I got all this other stuff. God, I believe, and he spoke to me in this moment this week, and he said, Adam, I didn't call you in this church to bring people close. I called you to bring them in. And that is my challenge to you. That is my promise to you. We're going in. I'm going to challenge you with the scriptures and with truth, and I hope sometimes that you're not angry at me. <laughs> you're not offended, but you're challenged. I hope that as I study scripture, I'm like, Jesus, I need to get better at this thing. Loving God, that's where it's at. That's where we're going to go. That's my focus. If we could only keep it that simple, right? But again, we're going to have a tendency as we go forward to go, oh, wow, that's shiny. Let's come back. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. Love God, love people. That's the greatest commandment, and that's where we're going to be. We're going to break this down over the next few weeks, but as I close... I want to challenge you in a couple ways. Maybe you're here this morning, and you hear these words I'm saying, and maybe when I talk about the cross and Jesus' love for you while you're still a mess, you go, I never heard that before. I didn't, while I was still in my mess, 
Because a lot of times we just sit in our mess and go, Jesus, I, I can't really follow you because I'm a mess. Jesus came while we were a mess. Maybe this morning, that's all you needed to hear. Today is your day to say, Jesus, I'm in. All it takes is looking at him and confessing, I, I made a mess, but I believe you're Lord. Maybe this morning as I pray in just a moment, that you're not going to remain at a distance, but you'll take a step. Maybe for some of you, you just need to say, Adam, I, I'm in. Let's go. Maybe all you need to say is, let's go. I need to be reminded of, let's do this. Maybe, maybe this morning, there's somebody you need to forgive. Somebody who hurt you deeply. I'm not necessarily saying go back to that relationship or, 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 or stay... I, we do got to learn to forgive, don't we? Maybe you got to receive forgiveness. Maybe you got to walk across the room. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's you. All I'm asking you is this. How are you doing? How are you doing? Love God, love people. How are you doing? I honestly and sincerely want each person in this room to take personal inventory. How am I doing? How am I doing, Lord? Speak to me. Would you bow your heads with me? And I'm going to pray. If you're in any of these areas, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to uh, do anything other than just sit there and say, Jesus, count me in on this prayer. If you want to talk to somebody after service, I'm going to be here. If you want to receive Jesus, come talk to me. I'd love to pray with you and, and celebrate with you. But wherever you're at, would you pray with me that this is our focus and this is where we're going. Lord, Thank you for your truth. Thank you for the gospel. The gospel of forgiveness and reconciliation. The gospel of life. God, I pray for anybody in this room right now who does not yet know you. I pray with me. We would pray, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I've fallen short. I've made a mess. I need a Savior who's bigger than me. And I confess, I believe you are Lord. I pray you come into my life anew and afresh this morning. God, thank you for anybody who prayed that prayer with me. God, I pray that they would understand that there is salvation in Jesus' name. New life, it's a new day. God, help us to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, everything that we are. And God, help us to love each other, to forgive, to make allowance for each other's faults, to forgive, to be quicker to forgive than to hold a grudge. God, I pray for this church here in Ferndale as we partner with churches in this city, in this community, in this county, as we're part of something bigger than us. God, help us to go forward and preach that truth. Help us to go forward and bring hope. And may we as a church be known as a people who love God and love people. Challenge us. Here we go, God. We give it all to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close in a song?